John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, depetro.com. This portion of the John DePietro Show, as we are uh, transitioning, we are now in spring. We have left winter behind. Remember our friends at R.E. Coogan and Heating, 401-732-6562. R.E. Coogan and Heating. Cougs, call them today. Do you have a plumbing problem? Call R.E. Coogan and Heating. Do you have a heating problem or a cooling problem? Let's make sure your domicile or business is nice and comfortable. He has a great setup. I was so glad. I was there on uh, Sunday as we were uh, working with law enforcement. He's also been honored. Uh, by law enforcement, a citizen award. Folks, R.E. Coogan and Heating, it's Coogs. Uh, plumbing, heating, and cooling. As he says, helpful, trustworthy, reliable. Let us into your home. Don't fix it alone. Call them 732-6562, 732-6562, R.E. Coogan and Heating. I want to say good afternoon to everybody tuning in on Facebook Live. If you like, you can... Um, just find our live stream. Just find my Facebook page, which is John DePietro Show. Now, you're going to notice I am not. What's this? One, you're not at Veterans Auditorium. You know, I'm not at Veterans Auditorium. That you would be correct. Um, um, and the reason is, and I'll explain why, because normally I would be at Veterans Auditorium. It is Thursday. Governor McKee is having a COVID briefing coming up this afternoon at, starting at 1 o'clock. But instead, uh, I, I think they made a mistake. And I'm, I'm not saying, you know, I don't know if anyone should be fired over it or anything like that. But it's a mistake because they're going up against the first presidential briefing, which is the Biden briefing. This is the first one, maybe only one. Everyone is highly anticipating. There's a lot of things on the docket. And it, it is just my opinion Nothing personal against Governor McKee and or his communication staff, but he uh, he's losing a week here by not he's not getting any press. He's not going to get he's going to get washed away. The, all the news is becoming national, at least right now. Um, I think it's a mistake. And so next hour, I was trying to think, you know, all right, I could be there and listening. And let me tell you, you know, Governor McKee will come out. I'm sure he'll be fine for 10 minutes. Then Dr. Scott gets up. Good afternoon, everybody. And thank you. And there's Stephen Pryor. And it seems like it's all the Ramundo people all over again. And they start to go through. And and Dr. Scott's always, we are number one in the nation. We're number one in vaccines. And we are, Rhode Island's number one in testing and the vaccine. And we're number one in all these categories. And you know, it's like Baghdad Bob. And then Stefan Pryor gets up there. Yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Hello, sir. Uh, yes, sir. Uh, yes, sir. That would be fine, sir. Uh, we will, you know, and then he starts announcing he's going to like reopen the small businesses that he closed. I don't even know why he's still there. Memo to Governor McKee. And I know we reach a lot of his friends and uh, family and people in the northern part of the state in Cumberland. I mean, he's got to get his team on the field. Governor Mundo is like Elvis, has left the building. He's not getting any press. He shouldn't have had the briefing today. Again, I'm not going to, like, I was talking about it last hour. I'm not going to keep going on, but it's significant because you can't control the news. And he's not getting the word out there. And people are having trouble. His, as I've told you, it's kind of happening as much as people are having trouble getting an appointment for the vaccine, the good news is over the next month, there will be so much vaccine, six weeks even, um, that there'll be more vaccine available. And then despite the fact that Attorney General Pina Narona came out and basically scathing with the Rhode Island Department of Health did not give the hospitals guidance over to how the vaccine should have been distributed, despite that huge mistake of which no one's being held accountable as far as we know. No one is being held accountable. Um, as a result of that, you know, those, those hospital board members were all getting the vaccine. That, that shouldn't have happened. But, and the attorney general said that it's not, you know, no laws were broken, 
but it really came down to the the Rhode Island Department of Health should have given more structure and advice to who was going to get the vaccine with the hospitals. So you have that. Now, also, Governor McKee did name his five finalists for lieutenant governor. And there's a good piece in the Boston Globe, kind of the strengths and weaknesses of each one that Dan McGowan, I believe, what tips the scales, either one. Folks, and just so you know, on this program, and I want to credit Dan McGowan. A lot of people were saying it was going to be the former mayor of Central Falls. I want to give him credit. We talked to him every Wednesday. Dan McGowan of the Boston Globe was the first one to say, I think it's going to be Sabina Matos, the head of the Providence City Council. And it certainly seems that it's going to be her. With the five finalists, some people are surprised at who the finalists are. Um, you have, you know, Grace Diaz. But from what I understand, she's more valuable, as Dan McGowan points out, more valuable to him up at the state house. James Diosa, I believe they're going to encourage to run for secretary of state. He's not going to get it. That Elizabeth Barrett Perrick, she's a big fundraiser, so he wants her fundraising ability. And Lou De Palma, you know, he's odd man out from Middletown. Uh, every, at this point, everyone would be very surprised if he did not pick Sabina Matos. So, of which... The case against the Providence City Council is exactly the model for a functioning governing body. Although that challenge didn't start with Matos. Been public about running run for mayor. So she might want to have more career options than some other candidates. But um, I, I want to just mention something about the head of the Providence City Council. And I, I am hoping I can make the point, and I don't mean this any way malicious, but... I think it's one of those things that something that's really going to stand out of people outside of Providence. And we did talk about it with Dan McGowan, and she tweeted about it. This person who I think by all accounts will be named the next lieutenant governor. She has a very thick accent. In fact, I could pull up some sound of her. She she has a very thick accent. And I, d- 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 doesn't mean doesn't mean she can't show leadership. I've heard, I was speaking to someone last night who's wildly impressed with her and has nothing but good things to say about her. But I want to um, just pull it up to demonstrate. Now, folks, also, this big, listen, this is one of those situations that I, I, I there's a lot. This is going to be big for Biden to see if he can get through this press briefing without having some kind of major, and I mean like major, gaffe or mistake that could happen um, because it could. I mean, let's let's be honest. I mean, people, after you saw him running up those stairs last week, last Friday, him stumbling on the stairs to Air Force One, it. I, I would imagine that it, it kind of makes you a little uncomfortable or it should as far as the Biden people, if in fact he can get through this this briefing, um, of which it will be kind of loud. He has not been in that type of climate. He has not been in that climate where he hasn't been in that situation where there's a, you know, and I don't think, I think it's going to be pretty orderly. So I, by all accounts, um, it certainly sounds as if, and, and which is the norm, by the way, where they're gonna, going to um, they're going to select who will go in what order as far as who would go in the order of, of the asking of the questions, obviously. And, and then you'd be able to, you know, he's going to then just have that person one-on-one that he's going to be taking questions from. So, but I did want to just quickly see uh, that Sabina Matos, she tweeted out about an accent and um, I'm just checking. I, I remember she tweeted out and Dan McGowan was saying she's very sensitive about it. Very sensitive about her accent. But, and I'm not I, I think you can point it out. I mean, if this is one of those things that you can't 
point out because it's it's not politically incorrect. She has tweeted about it. She's talked about it. Um, and and I can't believe I cannot pull up and find the interview she did with Joe Paolino. But she she's talked about it. And what I mean is outside of Providence, when people are going to hear her and meet her for the first time, it's uh it's not an Eileen Violet uh, accent. It's it's a thick accent. Um and and but again, it's 20, 2021 and I know that people should say the political correct answer. People just say that doesn't bother me in any way. But I know she had tweeted about it. She had mentioned something about it and didn't like someone that pointed out something like that. Um, But I was speaking with someone last night who's a big fan of hers and said she would, here it is, she would would be a tremendous, um, tremendous selection for Governor McKee. But his um, communication office really needs to get it together. Let me hear a little bit of, uh, this is the this is the person that seemingly is going to be the next lieutenant governor. And I know some people were so like out on who they thought it was going to be. But let me hear a little bit of her and see if if it is the case um, that we've been hearing. Here it is right here. This is uh, Sabina Matos. $122 million. So uh, the biggest challenge for Providence in order for us to move forward is addressing the pension problem. We have to make sure, and this is a conversation I had had before, that when we are, have uh, an expected rate of return for um, the city of Providence in the pensions fund, right now uh, we are on an 8%. We started a process to go down to a 7 But to be realistic, if you look at the trajectory, what has been the rate of return um, before, the the real number should be around 6%. What happens is we continue to- Wait, you, the pension system should only be earning 6%? Is the, the projected uh, rate that we're calculating, I think at, um, at the number that is the most correct, it should be around 6%. Right now we're taking a step to bring it down to a seven, to be in line with the state of Rhode Island uh, also, which is a seven right now. But um, so that that plays with with the um, with the, the with the expectation that we have of how much money we're going to be getting in return. And then after we're now again, it's um, it's not. I mean, as I listen to that, it's um, it's an accent. Again, I I will wait and see how it plays out. Sometimes when people get nervous, it can be a little bit more pronounced. But, folks, what I also want to touch on, and again, folks, good afternoon. It's John DePietro. So coming up, it's it's really clear. Right now it's 1219. I just want to normally, uh, we are at, I am at Veterans Auditorium. And I would say coming up <clears throat> at 1 o'clock, we're going to carry the Governor McKee COVID press briefing. But today, I believe they've made a mistake. And they scheduled his briefing up against President Biden's briefing. And as a result of that, I try to picture if I'm you and I'm wherever listening to the show or I'm in the car, which one would I rather listen to? And without question, the event is the Biden briefing. It's his first one. It's unscripted. Um, he's he's frail. The Biden people, I think, purposely have held him. They made a mistake, by the way. Um, they should have done this a while ago because now there's a lot of things on the table. And I'm going to play you some of the sound of the th- some of the things on the table. But today, for the McKee people, and this portion of the program is brought to you by Ryan's Appliance Repair. Now, listen, I know that during COVID, people were reluctant. You were probably one of them to have people in your home uh, for fear. Listen, people didn't want to let people into their home who they were fearful of, you know, might have COVID. But now you have appliances that need to be repaired. If your appliance is dying, just call Ryan. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. He, I've had Ryan in my home 
because I'm I, I am not no one would ever accuse me of being like a Mr. Fixit. And I don't pretend I am. Uh, everyone has strengths. We must soar with our strengths. Mine is calling Ryan is my strength, actually. But he has fixed our dry. Maybe you're having a problem with your dryer. By the way, if you're having a problem with your dryer, that can cause a fire. Or your washing machine is broken many times. Um, sometimes with the dryer, just needed a new belt. It would not turn over. Uh, I would push the button and it would just go room and like that. It needed a new belt. Ryan fixed that in about five minutes. Uh, he also, he can fix your stove or your oven or your refrigerator or your washing machine. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Saturday appointments are available. All work is guaranteed for 90 days, parts and labor. Senior citizens discounts are available. And on top of that, um, Ryan, he can also fix your, your um, garbage disposal. Ryan's Appliance Repair, 401-710-7096. Of all those appliances I just mentioned, Ryan told me many times when he goes to someone's home, he ends up fixing, you know, like three or four appliances that are broken. So, but the washing machine and dryer are big ones. Call Ryan's Appliance Repair. As we like to say, if your appliance is dying, just call Ryan, 401-710-7096, 401-710-7096 for Ryan's Appliance Repair. Well, folks, good afternoon. It is I. It is Juan. It's John DePietro. Now, remember, you can still get in touch with me if I can help you in some way. If you're having a problem, whatever it may be, I am the. Pro- I can help you solve the problem. I can. I certainly get access to a lot of the state agencies. I'd be happy to help you. Please go to the website, depetro.com. We also have some unique stories and videos there. And remember, depetro.com, which is brought to you by Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston, where they have body armor and ammo and pepper spray and food storage. Look for them on Facebook. It's Tanya and Frank, Surplus Provisions, Pontiac Avenue in Cranston. So just to sum up, uh, I, I do. I think, I don't know who made the decision. Governor McKee right now is working with a two-person press office. And and it shows. And by the way, it's a two-person, not that very experienced press office. Um, they seem, I, I haven't spoken to them. I think I've communicated a little bit with them. There's a third person they have. But when she took the job, she's out on maternity leave. So... I don't know how long someone is out for something like that. Could be a month, could be two months, three months. If someone's listening, I thought a lot of maternity leaves. Um, as a matter of fact, uh, I thought maternity leaves, I thought it was three months. Now, granted, with COVID also, um, a lot of people were working from home anyway. Is Let me just type in, how long is typical maternity leave? Here you go. Um, ideal maternity leave, 12 weeks, 12 weeks. UNICEF recommends six months or 24 weeks, 12 weeks. That's a long time. That's, you know, what I think uh, March, April, May, right? March, April, May, join the, the crew in June in time for the summer. But he only has two. It's a mistake to go up against it. Governor Baker of Massachusetts, he had his press briefing at 11. This was a scheduling problem. I know everybody's new. I don't know how long they're going to keep telling us that everybody's new. But I'll tell you folks, waiting in the wings. Now, right now it's 1225. Waiting in the wings is General Treasurer Seth Magaziner. And he's raising money and he's got money. And he's got the Ramundo campaign apparatus. He's going to have the unions with him. Governor McKee has to take that guy seriously. And they're looking at someone who is struggling to get acclimated. I know it's a lot. It is a lot. But Governor McKee needs to step it up a little bit. He does. He needs to move things faster. It moves fast. He said on Newsmakers, he did. The thing that surprised him the most is the media. He's not media savvy. He's not used to the media attention. He's not used to they do something and then they're reacting. And they have been reacting a lot. Um, 
He said he was going to vaccinate the teachers. And then people said, yeah, but they're cutting the line. So then he said, all right, everybody can register to get an appointment. And then there were no appointments available. And he did that when he had a last minute press conference outside of his house in Cumberland. Then he said, listen, we're not going to make it public whoever's going for lieutenant governor. Then they made the list public when the media, you know, uh, squawked. Rightfully so, by the way. Then he said, we're going to have 10 people and that's it. And then we're just going to announce who the lieutenant governor is. We're not going to say anything anymore. Then he released the list of 10. Then he just released the list of five. So they keep saying one thing. The media reacts, and then he has to react. And the, the, the first thing that, well, one of the things he has to do is he's got to change, you know, and I know they've changed a little bit with this whole thing with the table, but there's too many people talking at these briefings. He needs to build his own rapport, Governor McKee, with the media. He does. That Dr. Scott, she was Governor Amundo's pick. He is under no obligation. You know, if if you start getting into the job and then you say, you know, in hindsight, we should have moved some of these people out and got our own people in. <clears throat> Seth Magaziner is calling people and getting people on his side. General Treasurer Magaziner is already telling donors this guy's not going to make it. The Magaziner team. And folks, right now it's 1228. And again, good afternoon. We're going to carry the Biden briefing. That's nothing against Governor McKee. But come on, this is the first presidential briefing. First one of the Biden administration. They made a mistake, but that's why we're going to carry it. <clears throat> and on top of that, he just that Stephen Pryor and Dr. Scott talk too much. Governor McKee's got to start getting his own people in there. Commerce, all the different positions. The, the situation like, what is this with Eleanor Slater and the Zambrano? This is a joke. Eleanor Slater Hospital? The patients, each patient costs 550000 per patient. How is someone not fired from that? Complete abuse. 550000 Do you know what the unions are making in overtime off of that? Five Close those state hospitals. I know that some of the reps in the northern part of the state are saying, you can't, I am telling you, close those hospitals. It's five times the cost. Who is in charge of that? Two patients cost a million one to take care of two people. Do the math. Are you ready? Ten patients in San Barano. No, no, Elena Slater in Cranston. Ten. Cost over $5 million. I mean, this is ridiculous. They're ripping everybody off. Someone should be fired off of that. I don't know what they're waiting for. All right. Here are some other things that President Biden is going to have to deal with today. Overnight, North Korea. It was North Korea launching two ballistic missiles overnight, stepping up tensions with the U.S. and its first real test of the Biden administration. That's right. Our chief global affairs correspondent, Martha Raddatz, you know she is tracking this for us. Good morning, Martha. Good morning, Robin. This is the first time North Korea has launched ballistic missiles in a year, and it is a clear violation of U.N. Security Council resolutions and follows the launch of two cruise missiles over the weekend. The two short-range ballistic missiles traveling nearly 300 miles, falling into the Sea of Japan. Japan calling the launches a threat to peace and security as they prepare for the Olympics. This is the first significant test at the Biden administration after years of the Trump administration failing to make any progress in the denuclearization of North Korea, even after those well-publicized summits. And it comes after testimony from a top U.S. commander who said North Korea's achieved alarming success in its quest to threaten the U.S. homeland with nuclear-armed ICBMs, and they may resume those testing of larger missiles. The Biden administration says it is committed to diplomacy. TJ? I don't think you should announce what you're committed to. Why take anything off the table? So that's challenge number one. Challenge number two, that'll come up. The border. Children in custody at the border. 
The White House finally allowing a press camera inside the facilities where they are being housed. The access limited. The reporter not allowed to speak to any of the 766 teenage boys sheltering inside. And here are the images. Children spotted playing soccer. Piles of clothes waiting for migrants when they enter. An empty classroom, medical clinics, and space set aside for the 108 who tested positive for COVID-19 when they arrived. But this facility in Carrizo Springs, Texas, is far different from these images that emerged days earlier. Hundreds of miles away in Donna, Texas, where press are not allowed in. Kids packed closely together, sleeping on mats with foil blankets separated by plastic. In this video from Customs and Border Protection, nearly 4,000 here. The facility only meant to hold 250. More than 16,000 migrant children are in custody, crossing the border without a parent or guardian. And with pressure growing on the Biden administration, the president tapping Vice President Kamala Harris to take the lead. I think the best thing to do is to put someone who, when he or she speaks, they don't have to wonder about, is that where the president is? When she speaks, she speaks for me. And both the vice president and the president said that they do plan to visit the border. But as of now, Amy, no date set. All right. And Rachel, we know that President Biden. Now, folks, that is coming up again at 115 and we're going to carry it now. Right now, it's um, 1232 on this Thursday. Good afternoon, folks. It's John DePietro. By the way, yesterday, there were no COVID deaths in Rhode Island. It's the John DePietro Show on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at our website, which is dipietro.com. Yesterday with no deaths. Today there's one death. One death. Now that's great news. But Governor McKee, to me, should be just opening up the state. Open it up. What more are we waiting for? One death in two days. The vaccine is working. Now, I'm also seeing Cranston business owner. You know, I talked about this today's Thursday. I talked about this on Monday. Cranston business owner goes out on a limb to find vaccine. A Cranston Channel 10 store is the, well, you know what? Let me play the, um, I'll play the story. You know, I, I talked about this and <clears throat> I, I don't know what he's going to even say or be asked about it, but this this thing with the vaccines and, and, and it is a problem with people trying to get it. So I'll play the Channel 10 story where a Cranston business owner is basically saying he'll pay 50 bucks if someone can get him the vaccine. And I know that and I mentioned last week that, folks, if you're trying to get one, I encourage you to try to get one through the private sector. The state site goes down very quickly. And I said the vaccine is free. There are many people that would pay to get the vaccine. This, let's hear the Channel 10 story on this. Seems like somebody always has an end to get it. You know, and I'm just trying to go about it the right way, make an appointment. Pleading for a vaccine, a local business owner says he's fed up trying to book an appointment. So now, now he's going out on a limb, even putting a sign outside his shop. The night team's Amanda Hoskins has this story new at 11 now. On any given day... People use Cranston Street to get from point A to point B. Mid-route, it's hard to miss Tom Casali's liquor store sign, typically accompanied by a catchphrase that'll make you smile. I have people laughing at me. But today's message... UPS drivers laughing at me in their 30s. ...is personal. I got so frustrated over the last few days that I did it this morning. While he's been blessed with business, he's had no luck signing up for a coronavirus vaccine as a 62-year-old. So he's offering up cash in exchange for an appointment. I started at 5 o'clock that Friday when they were available and uh, no appointments. I tried 5 in the morning, 5 at night, 3 in the afternoon, 9 at night. Kazali says he's gone from the pharmacies to the state site to the city. And then I have people tell me, they, oh, my, my neighbor's daughter got me the vaccine. Uh... Uh, I know someone who works somewhere and got me, my brother-in-law's friend got me one. Masks, plexiglass, and a door wide open are what he says he's done to make sure customers are safe. I'm glad everybody's getting it. I hope everybody gets it. But uh, at the same time, I've been frontline workers from the beginning. Watching this number tick up, he's happy and hopeful. Someone who walks in his door. How you doing, buddy? We'll share their secret. I waited my turn at 62. I just, all I do is I just want an appointment to get so I can get the shot so I keep everybody safe. Now, as for the health department, they say that on Fridays at 5 p.m. and on Tuesdays at 9 
a.m. is when they release no. the most appointments. Now, one trick is to go to the site, click here. When this page pops up, stay on this page and continue to refresh it. Uh. Reporting in studio, Amanda Hoskins, NBC 10 News. You know, that's not the solution. I'm telling you, folks, um, don't waste your time. Go with Walgreens or CVS. I think that is the better play. I think that is the better play. The state site, the state website, it it goes down. And it's frustrating. Listen, and I also, you know, see, they want it to be for free. That guy is saying, I'll pay 50 bucks to get it. And I think it should have been like that from the beginning. Um, because if some were, there were some people who just wait. The younger people that are getting the vaccine for free. A lot of them. Now, keep in mind, in Central Falls, high school kids are getting it. A lot of people that are getting the vaccine for free, if they had to pay, they wouldn't get it, but they'll take it for free. I think they should have had the option for those that are willing to pay. So today you're going to have the border. You're also going to have now North Korea. That's a major problem. He's putting Kamala Harris, the vice president, in charge of the border. Does this sound like someone who should be in charge of the border? Kamala Harris, the vice president. She she's not a serious person. <laughs> always laughing. It's always funny. It's always funny. Do you plan to visit the border? Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> <laughs> she always giggling. Always giggling. Do you really think that she is in fact going to solve the border crisis? You know what else I want to play? I can't stand Meghan McCain. And there's already talk. God bless me. There's already talk that um, they're going to knock her off the view. And um, let's face it. The only reason Meghan McCain is on the view is because she's the daughter of John McCain. That's the reason. So suddenly now she's nervous that she's going to get knocked off being on the view. Of which I welcome, by the way. Someone sent me an email. I would think you're at. No, I can't stand her. Let's hear her. Women farmers. And so we're going to a place where even if people need money, even if people are qualified to get into Ivy Leagues, race and gender is more important than your skill qualifications, the content of your character. It is not what Martin Luther King Jr. preached. I think this is a very, very slippery slope. I was very surprised to hear someone like Tammy Duckworth say something like this. She got a lot of blowback from a lot of people, not just on the right. And I think this is actually just the natural progression of identity politics. And I will say, just to put a cap on this, The View is 25 years old next year. We've only had one Asian American host co-host this show. So does that mean that one of us should be leaving at some point because there's not enough representation? Yes. We're talking about is identity politics more important than qualifications of a job? And I think that's a question going forward that the progressive left is going to have to reconcile. I nominate Megan McCain. Well, they're not going to get rid of Joy Behar. They're not going to get rid of her. They have Whoopi. So somebody's going. I don't know who's going, but somebody's going. Somebody's going and will no longer be on The View. Now, I also want to play, um, you know, Biden yesterday, uh, this whole thing, or maybe I think he said this maybe on Tuesday, but she's not wrong, by the way. Megan McCain about gender politics. Folks, right now it's 1240. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380, 99.9 FM. Good afternoon, everybody on Facebook Live. Normally, at this time on a Thursday, you see me. For those that are watching the live stream on Facebook, it's John DePietro show on Facebook. I received an email. Someone said, Juan, I can't find you on Facebook. If you go to the website, DePietro.com, there's a direct link to our Facebook page. Uh, but today at 1, we're going to carry the Biden press conference. I think it's bigger. I think it's more newsworthy. I think Governor McKee, if, 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 if President Biden wasn't having his briefing, I would go to the governor's briefing. Uh, but I, I, that said, I think it needs some updating and work. I do. I think Governor McKee has got this dynamic that Stephen Pryor gets up there and just babbles for 10 minutes. And Dr. Nicole Alexander Scott, do you remember the first one she got up there where they let her lead? I think it was the last one before he became governor, where Governor Amundo had her still doing it. 
She talked for 45 minutes straight. Ridiculous. Um, they need to change the dynamic. The people of Rhode Island need to hear more from Governor McKee. And they need to hear less from Stefan Pryor, Commerce Secretary, who I, I, I don't think he's going to be saying, Governor, happy 4th of July. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be saying happy Memorial Day. If you're Governor McKee, he needs to make a change with, I think, with commerce as soon as possible. And there's nothing against the guy. These are political jobs. When they take these jobs, they have to know that should things change, and they changed. Governor Mundo left, that then they may be leaving. Folks, this portion of the program, maybe you're out, and you're listening right now on 99.9 FM or AM 1380, and you are on 146 or 95. Why not pop in at Ron's Pastry Gourmet? 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. It's Ron and Melissa. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. Delicious calzones. Delicious fresh sandwiches. And all different types of calzones. Sausage and pepper. uh, Buffalo chicken. uh, Steak and cheese calzones. Ron's Pastry Gourmet. They also have the Trump chocolate donuts. Delicious cannolis. Eclairs. Everything fresh. Ron gets in there at 4 o'clock each morning. Free coffee for police and military. Look for them on Facebook. And then also, they're right off of Silver Spring Street next to AAA in Providence. It's plenty of free, safe parking. By the way, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. When I say that, some people say, oh, you know, uh, Providence. I don't know if I want to go to, I don't know if I want to go to Providence. Um, listen, it's safe. Ron's Pastry Gourmet, 170 Royal Little Drive in Providence. Now, folks, uh, good afternoon. It is Juan on AM 1380. But this was Biden just the other day. Okay, this is where they're leading. And they that I, I can't stand that person who was the head of the women's soccer team or the captain or whatever, who was just so obnoxious. But here he is. I've told my daughters, granddaughters, from the time they were old enough to understand what I was saying, and I mean it, there's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do as well or better. Not a single thing. I was among the first senators ever to appoint a woman to the Naval Academy. I was just able to, as President of the United States, appoint two women as four-star generals who now are combatant, you know. You know, I just want to touch on that at 1244. Um, well, listen, I have two daughters as well. I have daughters, and and I also have a son. And folks, good afternoon at 1244. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. Now listen, that statement, um, in the workplace, perhaps, Yes, I agree with that. In the work, but, but the basic statement, there's nothing that, there's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't. Well, a man can't give birth. And a woman, can we even say this today? A woman can't reproduce. A man, you need a man to reproduce. You need a male. Now, see, that type of thinking um, that type of thinking and that mindset, it, it, it's, <clears throat> it's not accurate. Look at the Olympics. Take some of the, those, the, go to, look at the Olympics and take some of the, either the sprinters or the female swimmers or the weightlifters and put them with the men. And, and what happens? Take some of the top women golfers and put them in with the men and see if they make the cut for the masters. There's, you know, God made everyone differently. Different doesn't mean better. The fact that a woman can give birth doesn't make her better than a man. It just makes her different than a man. The fact that a man, you need a man to reproduce doesn't make them better than a woman, just different. This element of can't do better, 
you know, I, I, it's just also sports is the great equalizer. How many women play in the NFL? Women play football. There's some women that play football. How many play in the NFL? None. None. They couldn't make the team. How many women play in the NBA? None. None. They could. If they were good enough, they'd take them. If there was a woman in the WNBA that was good enough to play in the NBA, they'd have her on a team. So this business of the mantra, there's not a single thing a man can do that a woman can't do well or better. That's such a general statement. And I know someone, well, he doesn't mean sports, but but he's saying anything. Now, I'm not talking about positions of leadership. I'm not talking about management. People have different styles. Um, but there's such a mission to make everybody the same that they don't recognize that there are, are we supposed to be blind to certain things, right? Are we supposed to be blind that the majority of the NBA is African-American? And I mean by a lot. There's not a lot of white players. There's not a lot of Asian players. There's not a lot of Mexican, for different reasons. Are we supposed to just ignore that? Are we supposed to ignore that the majority of hockey players happen to be white? Not saying there were, there are a couple of exceptions with that. Um, and a lot of that is training and a, a lot of that I'm, I'm losing the point. But just as far as take some of the top women runners in the world and put them. And I mean Olympic athletes, 100 yard dash and put them in the race with the men. And they're just, they're going to lose because men are built stronger and faster. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's such a focus on gender. My God, I see it on Twitter. There was a big thing. You know, why aren't there more? I'll see someone, two women anchoring the news tonight. Yay, girl power. Why? Does that make it better? Why does that make it better? What does that mean? Yay, girl power. You read a book. You don't even know who the author is, what they look like. You judge it on the content. You know, some of this goes on. It's this, it's the gender. Michael McCain's not, by the way, totally wrong. It's such a gender identity mission that they're on. You know what else is? Keep in mind when Biden starts talking, President Biden, and again, folks, at 1249, it's John DePietro. We're going to carry his briefing coming up. 115, first presidential briefing. Um, he's going to talk about Georgia. And they don't care that the gunman in Georgia said, no, I, I, it had nothing to do with the fact that eight people were killed, two were white, six Asian. And the narrative becomes, it's anti-Asian. He hates the eight. No, the gunman himself said, no, that, that wasn't the reason. It's, it's, I used to go to this massage parlor. I'm a, he said he was a self-described sex addict. And he's demented and nut as this 21-year-old is. He said, I want to eliminate the temptation. The gunman in Colorado, he killed 10 white people in the store. Killed 10 white people. This, uh, the 21-year-old Syrian gunman in Colorado who also posted, need a girlfriend. Something odd on this whole thing. But I don't see a big outcry. There was a uh, a young girl from Pennsylvania thought it'd be gun- fun to go down to spring break alone. She's 24 years old. She went to Miami alone. She works at a pizza place, assistant manager at a pizza place in Pennsylvania. Thought it'd be fun. Went down alone. Met two black guys from North Carolina. Um, either willingly or they slipped her, apparently, a Percocet. And maybe they were also drinking. It made her incapacitated. They brought her back to, I believe, her motel or where she was staying. Um, they both had their way with her and then robbed her and left her to die. And she did die. And then they spent her money and used her credit card. And she's white. They're black. I mean, I, I, there are, that's, that's 11 for those that are keeping track of white people that were killed this week, plus the two in the massage parlor that they're not even mentioning. They just refer to them as the other people. But 
today when President Biden has his briefing, despite the fact the gunman in Georgia said that if the women that worked at the massage parlors, he was looking to shoot who was ever there. So therefore, it wouldn't matter if they were from Latin America. It wouldn't have mattered if they were from the Ukraine. He was, that's who he was. It doesn't matter because the media has now taken this and said it's anti-Asian hate. And that he's a white supremacist and Trump supporter, much like in Colorado, when they were saying, guarantee you the gunman is a white man. It's something's got to be done. I'll bet you he's a Trump supporter with a MAGA hat, and that's why he's alive and blah, blah, blah. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by J.K.L. Engineering. Now, as we're transitioning from winter to spring, call J.K.L. Wherever you can hear my voice on this Thursday, they are licensed in Rhode Island and Massachusetts. Call them 401 401- 351-7600-401-351-7600, J.K.L. Engineering. Over 54 years in business, their expertise is second to none. They do it right, they do it right the first time. J.K.L. Estimates are free, financing is available right now. Why not improve your heating system or cooling system? Because Central Air is a real game changer. Call It's a life changer. Call J.K.L. Engineering today. 401-351-7600. 401-351-7600 for J.K.L. Engineering. So, folks, good afternoon. Right now, it is 1253. Now, I'm also uh, seeing, boy, that story is taking off that we had uh, the... Um, person from the Rhode Island Senate that basically was um, was saying that, that uh, he's funny, that Ben DeCastro, um, that was, let's see, um, let me just check this again. He's doing press conference bingo with influencer Ben DeCastro. Um, and he has everybody's names and so forth, and and uh, and then you you make a marker where uh, the person is then called. So I'll give him a retweet on that. Um, but I I um I think something needs to be done about um, the McKee people have some important information, and I don't think they're going to get it out today. I don't think they're going to. I don't think they're going to effectively get the information out. I'll tell you, folks, that I believe um, that Governor McKee would serve himself well if he would start to do some of these briefings solo. I think he needs a solo. He was good on Newsmakers. He was good. He was on with Tim White, Ted Nisi, and it was very fast-moving and wide-ranging um, I, I, I think, um, I don't think it helps him having Dr. Scott, Stefan Pryor, the guy he brought in to help with the vaccine. I think his name is, uh, Tom McCarthy. He seems like a very competent individual, but I, I think Governor McKee, uh, he's got a two person press office. He is very soon. Now today, you know, we're at the end of March. Um, April, major in the next three months, sometime between now and Labor Day, Seth Magazina, General Treasurer, Nellie Gorbia, and they expect Providence Mayor Jorge Lorza, the three of them are expected to announce they're running for governor. So Lorza, I'm hearing that someone's saying that he may now not run. I don't know. But the other two will. Governor McKee is like, they got to get, get in gear here. Folks, this portion of the John DePietro Show is brought to you by Brothers Disposal, now offering weekly trash collection services. If you're a business, call Brothers Disposal today, 401-688-0517, 401-688-0517, offering weekly trash collection services. Come on, brother, call Brothers Disposal, call Roland, or if you're doing some spring cleaning 
and you want to get a purple dumpster for your driveway to clean out the basement or the attic or just some unwanted belongings or the garage, call Brothers Disposal. It's a lot easier when, in fact, you can just have the dumpster right there and then you can throw things away that way. Brothers Disposal. Call them today. Look for them on Facebook, 401 401- 688-0517-401-688-0517 for Brothers Disposal. So, you know, President Biden, this is a mistake, putting this person in charge of the border. <laughs> but um, I have this for it, I'm sure I will. The Vice President. Do you plan to visit the border? Uh, um, not today. <laughs> why is that funny? And why do I think, does anyone think that she's going to turn anyone away. You know what the problem with the border is? If you listen to the people and ask them a simple question, and ABC learned this the hard way. They stopped asking because the people coming over answered honestly. Why are you coming here? And they said, because Biden's the president. So you wouldn't have come if Trump was the president. President Trump was the deterrent. President Trump was saying, we're going to build the wall. You're not coming here. We're not going to have, or you're not going to have a country anymore. President Trump, they were afraid of him. He was a deterrent. He was also, they didn't do any, North Korea didn't test any missiles when President Trump was in office. I don't remember that. They're testing Biden. They didn't test any missiles. They're testing him now. They're looking at him stumbling on the stairs saying, this guy, he seems a little frail. No, we're going to find out. So right now it's 1258, folks. Good afternoon. It's John DePietro on AM 1380 and 99.9 FM. You can always listen online at the website, which is DePietro.com. So next hour, um, I'm, I'm not going to carry the McKee briefing. And I don't mean anything against Governor McKee. You know, I, I like his way. He's likable. Uh, he's very different than Governor Raimondo. I like some of the people that, that he's friendly with. You know, he's friendly with Mayor Policina. I like Johnson Mayor Joe Policina. He's friendly with uh, North Providence Mayor Charlie Lombardi. I like Charlie Lombardi. I hear very good things about his chief of staff, Tony Silva. Um, I admit, I had kind of a negative opinion of the governor because you'd always hear about him of Pork Boy announcing, oh, he's my good friend and I've golfed with him 50 times and blah, all this other stuff. Um, but the reason we're not going to take it is he shouldn't be having the briefing right now. He's not going to get any coverage off this. He'll get a little local coverage, but he needs to get more coverage. He does. He does. He's new. He needs everyone to know who he is. He needs everyone in the state to say there's the new governor. Right. And right now, most people, not not all, most people don't know who he is. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to break for the one o'clock news. Next hour on the radio, we're going to carry. This is historic. The first President Biden presidential, who knows, this could be a train wreck. We're going to bring it to you live right here, AM 1380, 99.9 FM. You can listen online at the website, dipetro.com. Let's break for the one o'clock news. We're going to be right back on the other side with the Biden press briefing.